From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Wife's asleep. All three kids are gone. They're in the, their grandma's. And I said to myself, podcast or finish the book? Podcast, finish the book. Got a cup of coffee in me and uh, yeah, we're doing the podcast. Oh yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. Me, Mike, Mike Davidson Lives is the name of the podcast. Thank you very much for downloading, listening, hanging out for the next half hour. As always, a pleasure. Glad you could make it. I'm, I'm about 50 pages away from finishing Ben-Hur again. It's been a bit since I read it, probably about 10 years. I've got a big old shelf of books. And uh, so my wife's books are in there too, intertwined. And uh, you know, I just, what's the point of having a book if you only read it once? Right, and I kind of came to that uh, realization about a couple of years ago. It's like, yeah, I've read this book, I've read this book, but do I remember what happened in that book? You know, and it's nice to get new books. Don't get me wrong, uh, I got a couple that uh, are awaiting my my eyes here as soon as I get done with this one. But uh, it's nice to go back and uh, visit some of the philosophy of that book. And uh, yeah, I want to finish it up tonight, maybe, and then uh, next podcast get to the meat and bones of all that stuff. Uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> a co-worker kind of give me a grief uh, vet. She she and I, uh, we, we have a similar job at uh, at the place I work at. And uh, before work today, I said, uh, well, they, we got this thing going on with the, the Super Bowl this weekend, right? And so my boss will go around asking people, okay, what do you think the final score of the game is going to be? Uh, who do you think is going to have the most passing yards? And uh, who's going to have the most rushing? And by the way, uh, I picked San Francisco 31-28. Uh, Mahomes will have most yards thrown, but uh, the 49ers will run all over the damn place. I think, but the thing is, is I don't want to watch the game really. And she's like, if it's like, oh, you'll you'll watch it, you'll watch it. She she doesn't understand that if I don't have teams that I don't like, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, if the Lions were in place of the 49ers, it's I I would watch. I would cheer on the Lions uh, because that's a long-suffering fan base. They do have my sympathy. But the 49ers have a dynasty behind them, and the Chiefs, well, it's all sorts of circus with them. Uh, and, I, and I got a couple of observations about that here uh, in just a few moments. Uh, I'm in kind of a bittersweet mood right now, uh, aside from the fact that I'm highly caffeinated. The, uh, the football honors were this evening. That's where they basically take all the uh, the awards uh, for pro football and hand them out. And I believe Lamar Jackson got MVP, uh, not based on his uh, AFC Championship game performance. That's for damn sure. Uh, but with that, they announced the the induction class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it's bittersweet for me as a Colts fan because Dwight Freeney, I think this is his second time on the ballot. He's in. He's going to Canton. His bust will be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Very excited. Great guy to watch. The spin move, uh, you know, was just tremendous. Getting sacks for for the team, and uh, I love it. I really do. Uh, but it's bittersweet because Reggie Wayne, one of the most gifted wide receivers to ever play the game, still on the outside looking in. I mean. He was the number two receiver on that team. Marvin Harrison. When Marvin Harrison isn't on the team, it's just not fair, right? Um, but, you know, you also have this backlog of re, uh, receivers, as somebody I know uh, pointed out. I mean, you got Torrey Holt still looking to get in. Uh, Antonio Gates still 
not in the football hall of fame. And I was just uh, talking with a Bears fan I know, and he's excited because he's got two two of his uh, team's players going in. Devin Hester, one of the most dangerous men to ever return a football ever, well deserved. He's going in, and uh, Steve McMichael's, um, and uh, he's in his late sixties. Unfortunately, last couple of years been battling ALS, and that's a death sentence. Uh, I think he was diagnosed in twenty twenty one. So, the induction will be. Uh, later in the summer, 2024, and he's been uh, dealing with uh, what has been diagnosed for like the last three years. Who knows how long he's actually been battling ALS. Um, but th- to borrow a rant I've had about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the backlog of talent that deserves to be in there, they need to do the same for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm not saying let everyone who's ever played football in, but... You know, you have this thing where it's like, okay, we got 15 finalists uh, vying, vying to get in, and we have these old school guys vying to get in, and okay, there's only so many slots. Expand it a slot or two, maybe three tops each year, because the funny thing about football is after each season, some of the older players go, you know what, to hell with this, I've, I've done all I can, I retire. You will have no shortage of people deserving to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and it's just a damn shame. I mean, it, selfishly speaking, yeah, Reggie Wayne should be in. But, you know, a guy like uh, Steve McMichaels, who's dealing with what he did is dealing with, he should have been in years ago. Years ago. But then again, that's just me ranting about it. Uh, so, uh, Super Bowl, which I may or may not watch. Uh, good news for people who are tired of political statements. It looks like the bulk uh, majority of the Super Bowl commercials are going to be safe. Because they want to make money, damn it. They don't want to rock the boat too much. They want. Uh, it's, it's funny. If you respect uh, your customer base or potential customers, they might actually spend money with you. Damn foolish thing, that. Um, but but an executive from Oreo. And, uh, Oreo did not have a commercial, I believe, in last year's Super Bowl. They will this year. Uh, they, they, they were talking about how. Uh, what was the term? Constricting constricted the consumer feels because of all the things that have happened recently like the pandemic and inflation and all that good stuff you know it's funny you get you get these uh you know these numbers saying the economy's good the economy's good and there are a lot of households that will beg to differ and i think some executives are seeing that that's another reason why they're playing it safe because there's just not that much money going around but we'll see how safe is safe um I feel bad about this because uh, this uh, came down the pipe uh, just hours after I recorded the past podcast. But R.I.P. Toby Keith, Mr. Red Solo Cup himself, 62, was battling uh, stomach cancer. In fact, uh, it came out today that uh, just a few months back he decided to uh, forego chemotherapy. I think he knew that... uh, Time was short, but uh, a lot, a lot of glowing tributes um, from country music fans, and deservingly so because you know he for at least two two decades uh, a big force in that genre. Uh, Carrie Underwood had a very touching tribute to him, um, but uh, it, it's 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 pretty cool to see. Well, good in then I got a funny story here. Uh, good to see. 
some people looking back at some of the, uh, the more charitable things about this guy. I know he had his fair share of controversy, but uh, he was uh, he was actually good with uh, families who had children struggling with cancer. And uh, he himself a family man, so good on him. Now, the funny thing is there are some bitter Dixie Chick fans out there uh, who uh, aren't so happy to see him passing, uh, which goes to show you just just how hung up and deluded some fan bases are. Um, yeah, they had that public beef, but uh, if there was any fall in popularity, it was not due to uh, Toby Keith. It was due to the Dixie Chicks. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing about, again, fan bases and customer bases. If they, they hear you say or they see you do something that they're not crazy about, they don't have to uh, waste their time with you. They don't have to spend their money with you. Uh, they don't need Toby Keith to tell them how to do things. If anything, uh, if anything, he was probably better to his fan base than uh, the Dixie Chicks were. But uh, when the Dixie Chicks were bigger, that is. Uh, but uh, you get a chance this weekend. Raise a red solo cup with your beverage of choice in honor of uh, Toby there. Okay, so uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Um Funny guy, I've seen him in some stuff. Now, if I'm mispronouncing your name there, Kamel, uh, uh, it's because I'm bad with names. It's amazing I can pronounce Bob Smith without any trouble half the time. Uh, but he was in the movie The Eternals. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> and it didn't do so hot at the box office. And he was saying uh, how he's going. He had to go through therapy because of that, because he was just put off by. The negative reviews and uh, the negative box office returns. And he says that he still talks to his therapist about it. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is until he brought it up in this interview I was looking at, I forgot that movie existed. So he has nothing to worry about. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a couple things about uh, Camille in uh, The Eternals. He was actually one of the better points, better parts in that movie. He was pretty entertaining when he was on screen. So if if the movie sucked, it wasn't because of him. He actually he actually looked like he was going in there um to to actually enlighten uh, enliven the audience to, to to show that this movie has a bit of a pulse. Uh, the overall movie was pretty pretentious. I got that. But it also kind of reminds me uh with Ahmed Best and Jar Jar Binks in episode 1 of Star Wars and how much people hated him and all that stuff and he went into therapy. And it was needlessly, it was needless. I mean, Jar Jar's character, yes, sucked, but we had no problem with Ahmed Best. In fact, I can't blame the dude uh, for wanting to get in on a Star Wars movie. And I, you know, uh, you know, four or five years ago, if somebody offered any actor like Camille a, an, uh, a part in a Marvel movie, yeah, it's, it's a surefire bet. As was the style at the time. Now, not so much. By the way, my wife actually got along, uh, around to seeing uh, Marvels. It's on Disney Plus now. And she, she said, meh. Meh. And uh, she was a, a big fan of the Captain Marvel movie. She just said, meh. I don't know what's going on with uh, uh, them over there at uh, Disney. It's like they don't want to appease their, uh, their fan bases. Will Wheaton. Big man baby. Uh, you remember... Last week, I know that seems like so long ago, last week, uh, Larry David uh, decided to take it upon himself to go beat the crap out of a Muppet, Elmo, because uh, Elmo was uh, doing uh, an appearance on the Today Show. I, I speak as if Elmo is flesh and blood. He's, he's a piece of felt, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, but uh, there's the tweet Elmo put out. Uh, hey, how's everybody feeling out there? And everybody's you know miserable and pissed off. Um, as as Oreo Lady just alluded to not too long ago, hey, everybody's miserable and pissed off. So Elmo uh, went to go do the Today Show, and then um, when they were going to Al Roker, uh, Larry David decided to smack the pup Muppet around, and it got on camera, and it was funny. But uh, Will Wheaton, uh, who unfortunately himself uh, a victim of child abuse, decided to write this big scathing thing about um, Larry David and how re reprehensible the whole thing is. And, well, I'm sorry you had child abuse, but, dude, he wasn't beating up a kid. He was beating up a Muppet. And I said this during the podcast. Any kid who's an Elmo fan is going to watch Elmo streaming on Sesame Street or on PBS. They're not going to watch the Today Show. Um, if anything, CPS should be called for any parent that forces their kids to watch news programming. I mean, that's, that's the thing. If you're, yeah, no kid is asking mom to flip it over to the Today Show so they sh they can hear Elmo's thoughts on the topics of the day. They're, they're, they're going to watch Elmo on Sesame Street. So the, the, this whole thing is, it's amazing. Like, again, these journalists were losing their shit about it. And now you got the celebrity writing this uh, this big thing about it. Like, Larry David actually beat up a child. And that's not what happened. That was Larry David being Larry. And, and by the way, you can't, you can't act shocked and dismayed when Larry David acts like Larry David. When you give him praise for being Larry David. Uh, all these years as the creator of Seinfeld, uh, or co-creator, and of course the star of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this on the Mike Davidson Facebook page if it's not up already. Because um, I'm, I'm kind of just shaking my head. About you know, I have my problems with Trump, but they're not the... Uh, they're not the same problems everybody else has with Donald Trump. My, my problem with him is if there's uh, something... If, if, if there is an issue, he's he's a populist. He, he just licks his finger, sticks it up in the air, and he figures out uh, what to say. You know, it just, I, I don't think it really comes from a hardcore belief. I understand why people vote for him because, well, look at that place, Washington, D.C. It's just cringe. I get it. But it's not to say that I think uh, Donald walks on water. The Spud Light thing happened last year with the... Uh, uh, theater kid Dylan Mulvaney doing Dylan Mulvaney things on Twitter. They gave Dylan a can of beer and uh, they lost market share and everybody was outraged. Kid Rock was shooting beer cans. It was it was a time of confusion, I guess. So now Kid Rock's backtrack said, ah, Bud Light's okay. We can end the boycott now. Dana White, UFC guy who just uh, signed a big contract with Bud Light. Hey, they're a great American company. Donald Trump, who owns stock in Bud Light, and his buddies with Dana White, has said, okay, this is not a woke company. They made a mistake. It's time to buy Bud Light again. Really? Uh, and, this, and this is one of those times where it's, yeah, I have a problem with the dude. So, not, not um, the poll that I'm putting up on the Mike Gibbons Facebook page is basically, now that Trump has said this, uh, is it time for you to start drinking Bud Light again? Or, nah, I want to continue drinking something better. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't ha I've never had a problem with anybody drinking Bud Light during this whole strike thing. But, like, again, it goes back to what I said. If you insult your fan base, if you think you can do better, uh, 
than your P1s, uh, it's going to bite you in the ass and a bit Bud Light in the ass, and uh, they still have not apologized for it. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, we're going to put the poll up here if it's not up already, and you can sound off, and here in a couple days, I'll, I'll look at the results of it. By the way, um, you know, Nikki Haley has no business running for anything right now. Um, she just did that Saturday Night Live appearance where she uh, was going after Trump in front of all those people in the studio audience. Uh, that would never vote for her anyway. Well, uh, Nevada primaries happened this week, and uh, she lost to none of the above candidates. None of these candidates, the actual thing. That, that's what it said on the ballot. None of these candidates, two-thirds of the vote, trounced Nikki Haley. Wow. Uh, and again... I'm not saying that the Saturday Night Live appearance alone is what uh, did her in. It didn't help is what I'm pointing out. It didn't make her more popular. It didn't make people talk about her. Uh, the people she needs to reach out to uh, can't be bothered with her and don't watch Saturday Night Live. Uh, and, and she wasted her time with it. And she's probably wasting a lot more cash. You know, the thing about DeSantis, I'll say this about the dude. I, you know, the campaign didn't go well for him. And he realized that after Iowa. And he's like, you know what? Deuces, I'm out. I'm going back to Florida. I'm going to do my thing. He, he's not doing this, you know, <laughs> Nikki Haley thing. Where uh, just burning through campaign cash. It's embarrassing. By the way, uh, the primaries could have been really interesting. Because Sam Bakeman Freed, remember that guy? The guy that, uh, with uh, with his Bitcoin venture. His, his, no, his cryptocurrency venture. Um, he said he was trying to push Tom Brady to be the candidate uh, in 2024 for the GOP. Could you imagine? Well, Trump wouldn't do the primary. Uh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't debate Brady. But uh, you know, there, there's two people I can think of uh, that want that would want Tom Brady to run: uh, SBF and um, Greg Olson, Fox Sports. Because damn it, he's taking a pay cut with this whole thing. Uh, by the way. Joe Biden's not doing too well mentally, if you can't tell. Um, I guess earlier tonight, I'm recording this Thursday night. This is, a bit, this is getting a little political here. Uh, he confused the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico, trying to talk about some of the, uh, the ongoing crises going on globally. And uh, he's getting mad at people who are pointing out that uh, his memory's not that great. He says, I remember things fine. Um I'm not so convinced. Um, so again, we're we're going into 2024 with uh, an octogenarian versus another octogenarian. <sighs> Lord help us. Okay, so well, you know, it's it's not exactly young blood, and that it's a stressful job, from what I understand, uh, from what I've read on blogs. Okay, so speaking of blogs, there's the uh, the flight plane guy from uh, was it Central Florida University, of Central Florida. He's uh, tussled with Elon Musk before. Now he's uh, tussling with uh, uh, Taylor Swift, and not in a good way, not in the Travis Kelsey kind of way. Um, <laughs> you know, hugs and kisses. That's tussling. Um, so the, he 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 publishes flight plan data, like flight routes, private jets, and he's done this with other people like. Uh, uh, Bill Gates and anybody who's freaking rich. Well, uh, Taylor Swift and her camp has sent a cease and desist 
letter to him. They're going to they're threatening to sue him, um, it, because uh, you know he's putting this stuff out and uh, pointing out that uh, this private jet of hers, uh, she's got two or she's got one. She sold the one, so I guess that's uh, you know environmentally conscious. But talking about all the CO two uh, emissions that uh, the jet's putting out and. All this fun stuff, and uh, you know she's claiming privacy, and I'm I'm having to think this is more of an image thing, but I am I am surprised that she's suing, and I'll get to that here in a second. But the image thing, because she's a brand, you know, she's no longer the the young lady that wrote teardrops on my guitar. She is now a global brand. She's a billionaire, and I. Uh, she wants everybody to like her, damn it. And if uh, if anything looks bad, she's going to sue. Um, and so this this thing showing that she's uh, dropping all the CO2 into the atmosphere every time she flies out makes her look bad, so she's suing. But the thing is, is like she didn't have this problem with fans doing this the week before in the media as they're uh, wondering if they, they were trying to sketch out uh, plans for her to leave her tour in Japan and make it back to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. No, that was okay because, oh, it's a fun little uh, getaway to see her uh, her boy toy play in the biggest game in the country. But now you got this thing going on, and so she's suing. Thing is, is um, air traffic, even with private jets, is public knowledge. You, you can access this stuff, and it's it's out there. And she's probably got more security than God. So she doesn't have to worry about that. Where I'm surprised she's, like, threatening the lawsuit, because she has this legion of uh, Swifties uh, that can make people's lives uncomfortable. I'm surprised that uh, she's not kind of, like, um, doing a politician's way of doing things, where, oh, I didn't know, but... You know, and somebody else is handling it. Like, uh, there are some sleeper cells of Swifties that are going to make this guy's life hell and publish information about his thing. Or if there's professors at uh, University of Central Florida that can kind of blackmail him into dropping it. Uh, by the way, uh, this this account he's got, I think it's still on Twitter X. I'm not sure. Uh, but it has been suspended on other platforms like Meta, like Facebook. And he finds it weird because uh, other tracking uh, sites for other private planes is still up. But he better lawyer up just to be on the safe side because uh, she will go after him. Uh, speaking of cheap fans and lawyers, uh, the nine-year-old boy, the nine-year-old boy that was accused of wearing blackface by uh, the dumbass at Deadspin, turned out that the kid was... Um, wearing Native American garb and he himself a Native American. His kid his his parents are filing lawsuits and thank God, cool. Adios. Goodbye, Deadspin. This this needs to happen because these guys if I don't know if you've ever gone uh to their social media page, Deadspin. It is a lot of hang hand wringing and um pearl clutching and and, and just bemoaning the fact that uh, society, sports in general, does not uh, match their worldview. And this dude that wrote this thing obviously wasn't watching the game. He just saw still or shot from the crowd, saw the ki- one half the kid's face and said, oh, he hates black people. And then, oh, 
well, he's just appropriating a Native American culture and making a mockery of it. And, oh, uh, 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 uh. Like, there was no context. He didn't think it through. It was just clickbait crap. And, uh, yeah, Deadspin, you know, has been doing this for a while. And it's 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 interesting to see how many people take that thing uh, seriously. Deadspin. I, on the comment section, though, a good chunk of people know that these guys are idiots, and uh, I think I think uh, that this needs to happen uh, because you know it's it's one thing to be a billionaire pop star flying the planet in a private jet uh, with flight patterns that are publicly made knowledgeable. It's another thing entirely to pick on a kid just attending a football game. So, sue away, family. Sue away. Uh, keeping it in the realm of football here, Aaron Rodgers uh, explained his take of the list crack he made about Jimmy Kimmel on uh, Joe Rogan. And uh, if our, there are two names that would make any journalist, any media type uncomfortable, it would be Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan. But uh, Aaron dropped by this past week explained, hey, look, uh, you know, Jimmy's been making cracks about me left and right, saying, you know, I'm a tinfoil hat-wearing guy, and <clears throat> all my beliefs, and so when the, the list came up, that's when I said, hey, I bet Jimmy Kimball doesn't want that to come out, because that would make him look foolish. It was taken out of context. It, <clears throat> yeah, and, and I kind of, and I kind of caught that a little bit, because he never said, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel uh, definitely was on Epstein's island. It was it was Kimmel that made a big deal about it, and of course turned it into a you know an angry tweet and a seven minute monologue the following week, uh, and everybody just gobbled it up, and everybody's like, oh yeah, he took a stand, he took a stand, he took a stand. Joe Rogan actually asked Aaron, hey, what the hell was going on with that? And Aaron explained it, and that's what he meant, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, but again, Jimmy Kimmel's a guy that gets to tee off in his own little monologue on weeknights you know, uh, when he's actually working. And, uh, you know, if anything um, doesn't suit his fancy, he goes after it with reckless abandon. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, you know, makes one crack. Yeah, I bet he doesn't want the list to come out. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I bet uh, Jimmy Kimmel doesn't want anybody to see it. And it, automatically it's assumed, okay, he made a pedophile reference. Okay, good journalism right there. Uh, speaking of good journalism, San Francisco Chronicle did uh, some actual journalism and uh they went after something called woke kindergarten yeah uh 2024 bingo card uh, who had san francisco newspaper going after woke program uh but uh yeah i think i uh, was at glassbrook schools in uh, uh california uh, with uh, with their kindergarten classes instead of teaching them their colors their shapes uh, their letters their numbers they were teaching them, uh, you know, microaggressions and all this fun stuff. And uh, test scores plummeted like a rock. And um, I think two-thirds of the school, this is an interesting stat, two-thirds of the school uh, is learning English. It's not a native language for these kids. And uh, 80% of the school is uh, Latino. Or Latina, not Latinx. No, interesting that. Um, so rather than break, so let's let's just say, for the sake of argument, 
that these are legal immigrants. Like they're, go and I know that's going to be kind of hard to swallow here. But even if they were all, if their families were going all through the process of learning, wouldn't you think maybe bringing these kids up uh, to code and making them know their numbers and letters? That would be a priority aside from whatever the hell woke kindergarten's all about. No, it's it's almost like these administrators kind of want to keep the kids in the dark. Yeah, weird that. Uh, by the way, U.S. Army still uh, toying around with uh, artificial intelligence. And if uh, if you didn't think it was a bad idea putting artificial intelligence in charge of things such as like drive through menus or... Uh, anything else they would they ran war games through artificial intelligence and almost all the end scenarios in these war games ended in nuclear annihilation ended in all of us being toast again we've got a pair of octogenarians running for uh, the White House in 2024 and uh, I hope they got a computer to I don't know, computer or old ass person in White House. What do you what, what do you feel more comfortable making the decisions here? Um, oh, I got a kick out of this story. Um, I think I'll wrap. Well, yeah, I'll wrap it up with this one. There's a couple more that I might talk about next podcast here. But down in Alabama, a radio owner. Radio station owner was in a shock when he gets a call from his uh, landscaper saying, Hey, your tower's gone. Somebody took down a 200-foot-tall tower that the, uh, the antenna scales. So this is for the AM station out there. Um, and I find this story incredible because if this is the, the, the tower to the AM transmitter, a lot of times, a lot of times uh, transmitters are off-site uh, from radio stations. But if this is indeed the uh, the tower to uh, to that transmitter, it wasn't the owner that found out. The, the people that knew about this beforehand was the landscaper and the meth heads who took it down. And taking down a 200-foot metal structure is not an easy task, especially when uh, you know heights and death are involved. But that kind of gives you the state of... Uh, how that particular medium's been last several years. The owner didn't know until the guy running the lawnmower told him. Till then, uh, till next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. Oh my god. Till next time, stay fresh, cheese bags. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.